Hi, this is Vicki. This episode has mature content and it may have some triggers for some people. I don't get into any details at all, but I do talk about intimate relationships and sometimes that can be difficult and I just wanted you to know that before we get into the content. So maybe put those headphones in or be sure you're in a place that you want to hear about dating and relationships and how to be in your best self. And that's a good way to take care of you. So I hope you stick around. Hi, and welcome to Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki. And today I would love to address a question that I got from a client um, and a, a listener to the show. And it has a lot to do with dating and the energy of sex. So this episode will be um, probably a little bit more revealing um, than others have been, but it is a subject that comes up a lot in coaching because all of us in our lives have relationships. Now, we may not all be in an intimate relationship, but we have that Um, connection with other people and maybe want to be in an intimate relationship or a dating or a companionship, whatever the experience is for, for you, this episode will be about how and how energy affects our dating and our relationships, primarily intimate relationships but also the other way around, how our relationships affect us and how interacting with another being creates that uh, energy flow within us, but it also can create some blocks within us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So stay tuned. So like I said, this is going to be about dating relationships and the energy of sex. And the primary primary intention, at least on my part, is to bring a little bit of information about in how you can best be in your relationships, whether you're dating, whether you've been together 10 years, whether you're going on your fourth decade. The, the idea of being in relationship with someone, it, it changes, it morphs, it becomes different as we become different, as we grow and expand. So we all have masculine and feminine feminine energy within us. And it is something that I find to be comforting. Um, I don't want to be all one or all the other. I want to have that blend of uh, supportive energy within myself. And I've often tried to find a different way to say it, Uh, but I have not come up with something yet. So we're going to go with masculine and feminine. And the idea, I think, is very fluid. I think we flow through these energies all day long. Um, Some of us in a female body hold a little bit more masculine energy um, and vice versa. In a masculine body, hold a more feminine energy. And the reason I've tried to find a different description is because I feel like that's so, um, it creates a separation rather than you are one being with these characteristics. But for 
the sake of vocabulary, I'm going to use that right now. And if someone else has a better way of describing that, and I'm just not coming up with, I'm usually pretty good at that, but this one has definitely stemmed me. So feel free to send it along. So because we have these qualities flowing through us, it can often be difficult to discern what um, our collective self is. And that's why I'm always suggesting that people see themselves as a whole being, intuitive, uh, physical, experiential, matter, and just all the other areas. I feel like it's important that we look at ourselves as a whole self because our energy is our business. You are in charge of how you flow. You are in charge of what you use and how you use your emotions. So some of the emotions that come up in relationship, they're not specific to a, a, a masculine or a feminine energy. They are absolutely the compilation of of both and of all those other aspects of you as your soul um, as whatever you wanted to learn in this lifetime so you are in charge of your own energy and whenever I'm working with someone who's who's in a place of wanting to be in a relationship and they're talking about their own ideas about what a relationship would look like or their healing from previous ones, I always say to them that going into any relationship and being in any relationship, we have to maintain our own individuality. We have to maintain our own sense of self because that is how you contribute to the best relationships. When someone is needy or clingy or you know, morphing into the other person, it's just not pretty. Uh, and I think we lose a sense of respect for ourselves when we do that because we did come in on our own soul's journey and we did agree to do this as individuals connecting with others. So that whole Jerry Maguire, you complete me thing is a bunch of bunk. It's just pure BS because no one else can complete you. It's just not possible. And when you live in that type of relationship, it's exhausting. And it was actually one of the things that Howard and I had the most challenge with because I would say to him, I cannot fill you up. Once I realized it, um, you know, it took about a decade to realize that was what was going on. Um, we just can't be the energy supply for another being because eventually it turns to uh, frustration, resentment, even anger. So you are in charge of your own being, your own person. And this is actually what attracts a partner to us. If do you know your own self? I happen to really appreciate the fact that I have a strong personality. I can be incredibly soft and squishy. And I melted over the fact that my romaine lettuce <laughs> is sprouting this morning. I got so excited. It looks like it has a little, um, uh, a little buzz cut going right now, but it's adorable. And so that's you know the example you can be somebody who's completely independent 
and knows her own mind, her own sense, her own self, her own heart, and melt over baby romaine shoots. So knowing who you are is the most important thing in being in a relationship. And of course, we're going to grow as a result of the relationship, hopefully. Um, And we're going to discover new things about ourselves that we didn't even know before. But if you have that sense of self going into the relationship, you won't feel the lower vibrating energies. So the jealousies, the... um, the neediness, the connectiveness that is on the less than supportive side of things. It's just important to know. So one of the ways that you can do this is to, like I've talked about in the other shows, is to just get to know who you are, what you like, how you vibe, and what types of people would you like to be with. Because in a dating relationship, in a, a intimate and in a committed relationship, if you don't have friendship along with chemistry, it's just, I can't say impossible because I've definitely seen people suffer through it, but it's not the highest intention of that connection. So I firmly believe that when we have friendship and chemistry, at the times where the chemistry wanes and anybody who's been in a relationship more than four years or so, that happens. It just happens. Come on, we're humans. Things happen. Life gets a little uh, intense at times or hormones are down or uh, there's growth that's happening that we're not really sure if we want to be with the person, that those are all completely normal aspects of a relationship. But if you don't have that I like you and I love you, and I want to jump your bones, um, it is incredibly difficult to navigate the more challenging aspects of life. That was actually one of the really hard things about Howard passing is he was the first person I would tell anything to. He was the person I wanted to share that weird (laughs) observation. Um, and it, it, was a dynamic that we worked very hard on in our relationship because I saw it so much in other people that they were either really good friends and they had no chemistry or they had chemistry and they were biting each other's heads off and there just wasn't that combination often and I we were both determined that that was not going to be our mature marriage um, and and that's a commitment you know you make that so when you're looking at entering a dating relationship or being in any kind of interaction, these two elements, along with hundreds of others, of course, but these are very important because there are going to be times where you look at your partner and you're like, I just want to yell, smack you, and there's nothing going on. It's just a flow of energy. And then that friendship of, no, I really like this person. I would never do that. It helps you to get through it. So when you are attracting a partner to you, when you decided that I'm, I'm ready to be in this, um, or I want to increase the connection that's in the relationship I'm in, I think it's really important to do a list. 
Now in the dating aspect, and that's where I'm going to keep this for now because it's confusing to bounce back and forth. But in the idea of attracting a partner to date, I really believe in writing a list of the characteristics that you admire in people that you would like to see in a partner that are a, um, that are important to you. I call it the build a partner. It's like when you go to those build a bear workshops and you can make whatever cute creation you want. Well, I believe in the energy of the universe and that we can create. The person is already created to be clear, but we can then have a vibration of this is what I am seeking because you put that energy out and this is what's important to you. And you know, for me, it was kindness, a sense of humor. You must be smart. Um, we don't have to be smart in the same way. I think it's actually a lot of fun to be smart in different ways. Uh, have to, uh, like animals, uh, be active. That was one thing that I had on my uh, build a partner list. And boy, did I attract that because sometimes I honestly think he's trying to kill me on some of these hikes. <laughs> But the list is important. You must include characteristics, heart, uh, and include the physical. If you see when you're out shopping or whatever, and you see someone who smiles at his or her partner in a way that you're like, oh, that's just wonderful. Like, put that on your list. You know, you see somebody with a cute butt, put that on your list. It's important to be transparent about this and to be open because that allows us the honesty. And I think it also allows us the clarity. So along those lines, you can gain clarity by maybe going on a couple dates with someone and then realizing, nah, this is, this is not it. Uh, that was close. It was incredibly close, but I really could not live with a slob or, um, and not to be picky uni about this stuff, but I think it's important. And there are certainly things that can be worked out or talked about or discussed, but I it always encourage people to don't settle. Um, because number one, it's disrespectful to the other person because there could be someone who is of a higher frequency match for them. And I think it's important to have those courageous conversations in both when you're going into a date, um, be honest, speak clearly, be kind, know what you want before you get there. If you are in desperation and you feel like you have to have a partner, you have to do this, you are going to attract someone to you who has that resonance as well. And this is why it's important to know who you are and to know what kind of energy that you're projecting. Because if not, you will find out by the mirror image that shows up. And I like efficiency. I just, and I like meeting people. So I think you can combine the two in it when you're, whenever you're going on a, a date, maybe it's a first date, maybe it's a second one. You just go in with the idea of it's nice to meet people because that will drop any nervousness. It will drop any energy that you are holding that you may not even realize that you're sending to this other person that, uh, 
you need someone and need is lack. If you need someone, you're lacking something within yourself and you would be better spent, you would be better served to spend the time understanding what is that lack before you decide to connect with another person because like attracts like, and it's not all of the, you know, these are the beautiful aspects of me (laughs) that are attracting someone. It can also be the aspects that you're not willing to look at. So be honest with yourself, speak clearly and be kind and be willing to just meet people and take the pressure off of it. If, if you recognize that no one can complete you, uh, that you are your own complete self with all its little divots and, and, and quirks and everything, it will be that much easier uh, to line up with someone. So knowing what your issues are, you know, what are they? Have you looked at them? It's not all the other person. A lot of the times people will come in and they just annihilate their exes or we're in a session and they're blaming everything in the rear view mirror. And I listen and often I will say, I think you're forgetting somebody here. And then, uh, you know, I think it's my role sometimes to point out that you're not being honest with yourself. What did you contribute? You know, all the challenges in our relationship over 27 years, they were not on Howard. They were on both of us. And because one or both of us were a little stubborn, uh, we hung in there to you know, and took responsibility most of the time for what we were bringing to the table. And I think that the relationships that I've been able to witness and the couples that I've worked with, they have a humor around this. They understand that none of us is perfect. It is not possible to be perfect. We need to drop that, Um, which also means accepting that there are things that maybe somebody else picked on you about, but this person would find endearing. So knowing what your challenges have been and what are you still holding? Um, For me, it's really hard to trust that someone wants to be with me for me. And that's in friendship, that's across the board for me. Enneagram number three, (laughs) yay. Um, But It's something that I see as um, an experience for me and something that I'm committed to allowing because I know that then opens me up to more in the world. So being able to name it and, and, and face it and to really actually enjoy it because it's right there in front of me, I know what I'm working with, helps me to then communicate to my partner that sometimes this is an issue for me and I do want you to call me on it. I don't expect you to, you know, flower it up and and constantly be giving me compliments because I probably wouldn't trust that. So, oh, such a complicated being. Um, But it's important that you bring your awarenesses about what are what were some of the challenges? What are still some of the challenges in your relationships and then in the relationships you've been in? But do not play the blame game to self or to whomever your partner was before, if there is one. 
because that only wastes time. Look at it as some sort of um, analytical problem and be a, an observer of it because that will help you to create some space and to step back and to kind of take some of the emotion out of it because then you can address it. So we all have old belief systems that are running around in us, but that doesn't mean that they have to stay there. They don't have to become your current BS just because they were old belief systems. They don't have to become your current BS. So how you saw your parents, what you were taught, what you experienced in society. Um, I, this all contributes to who we are, but when someone is coming in and they're, um, when someone is having a session, sometimes I forget it's all virtual. Um, when someone is having a session and they want to talk about their parents and how they treated each other, oh, we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to make it the focus of what's going on now. We're going to use it to understand that that's where you learned about relationships. And then we're going to shift those neural pathways and we're going to get some new belief systems that are on board that are supportive because yes, the brain can get caught in this wheel and kind of revolving door almost where it just keeps repeating that that's the issue, but it's no longer the issue. You are not living in your parents' home, I hope. Um, you are a consenting adult and you get to choose how you think and what you believe about situations. I would not want to repeat my, my parents' relationship because that was their relationship. Now, I might take aspects from it because even though... You know, my father was a nudge towards me. He was very loving towards my mom. He he was very kind to her. And that was something I saw. I knew that they had genuine love between them. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, so you can take those aspects. But if you're using your time, space, energy to blame your current relationships on what happened in the past, you don't want to take responsibility for who you are today. And in my uh, experience, that just delays. And then people get frustrated about, well, I haven't met the one. And can we just talk about that for a minute? My goodness, there is no the one. With all the people that are on this planet, if there was the one, no one would ever find, connect, or have loving relationships because the odds would be so against it. Now, I do believe that we choose our partners before we get here, but I also believe that there's this pretty impressive amount of, of possibilities because we couldn't possibly know who we would be at what age and, and where we would be in our own expansion because that builds on what we've learned in the past and who we've interacted with. So for those of you who are looking for the one, you're actually setting yourself up to be the one, to be single, to not connect. And that's fine if that's your uh, love, you know, if that's your intention and that's how you want to be in this lifetime, fantastic. 
because I don't believe everybody has to be coupled up in order to have the most loving, uh, experiential, joyful, uh, fun life. I just think that's a societal thing and I don't think it's necessary. So, but the, whenever the one um, comes into it, it, it can often end up as no one. So somewhere in your brain, let that Valentine's Day thing go where you've done something wrong if you haven't connected with them um, or there's something wrong with you that the one hasn't found you either. So just to blow that one up. Uh, so where your issues are currently, of course, we're this amalgamation of all that we've experienced. And if there's any abuse in the path, that's going to make it that much more challenging. Um, and that could be dealt with, should be dealt with, with a professional for you. <laughs> not for the, the, well, it, it should be for you. And then when it benefits relationships, whether the one you're in, because maybe you'd forgotten or you've blocked the abuse and it shows up later, um, or maybe you thought it was no big deal. And then you realize it was, it can really affect the connectivity and the trust issues in a relationship. So you owe it first and foremost to yourself to be working with a professional and to be kind to yourself and to learn that that wasn't your doing. Um, but you still do owe it to the relationship to understand how it's impacting or how it may impact your future um, or your now. So. And along those lines, if you're with someone who has a uh, tumultuous background or is just not willing to do the lifting themselves, it is not your job to fix anyone. Even if you're a professional a therapist, a doctor, a psychologist, it's still not your job to fix anyone. It may be part of your profession to bring the tools and show them how to use them, but it's still not your job unless you're a veterinarian and you fix animals. I guess that's your job. But when it comes to humans, it's none of our jobs to fix someone. And as a major caretaker type, this takes a little bit of learning. So if you are that or an overcompensator, you may want to back up and learn not to do those things. You can care. Um, you can even take care of someone in a moment of time that they're requiring it. But if you're a caretaker or an overcompensator, you may want to back up and just check that one at the door because, if, again, eventually that's going to become exhausting. And I've worked with people who are amazingly in their 80s realizing how much they abdicated themselves or abandoned themselves for the sake of taking care of others and fantastic that they come to this awareness because they're here taking breath they can shift that and and feel what it's like to not do that um, so let's have them be our amazing teachers and realize that today you can love someone deeply and not be a caretaker. Um, and if you're someone who thrives on that, I have had people say to me, but I am a caretaker. Wonderful. Are you 
doing more or are you a caretaker type because you want it your way? I think you have to look at that too. So we're all adults and when we're in independent, we can be in the healthiest relationships ever. And this includes friendships and stuff. There have been people who have chosen not to be friends with me any longer because I don't do that uh, hooked in kind of relationship. Uh, I will check on you. I will um, be there when there's stuff going on. But I'm not that interlocking type of person because I trust you to be your own independent self. And when I'm my own independent self and we get together, it's freaking hysterical. So, and it's very balanced. So when you're connecting with people and you've moved into that intimate relationship area, it really amplifies things. It shifts things. It's awkward. It's um, fun. It's exploratory. I think when you know self and you are good with yourself, that can also help with any you know, body image things. And you can have a, an appreciation for the person who's with you. Often I'll say to someone when they're picking on themselves, really, because you've lived with you your whole life. This is a person coming in fresh, new to you, possibly. Maybe you've known each other and just decided to date, but uh, this is someone who doesn't have all of those hang-ups. And, you know, I've had challenges of this of my own with, you know, how I see my body or what I feel to be some of my more um, challenging personality aspects that thankfully my partner finds endearing and, and vice versa, stuff that others haven't about him cracks me up. So give that person or give the space if that person's not there yet, give that opportunity and ability to show up because they haven't been inside your head the whole time. They will most likely be attracted to you for their own you know, preferences, for their own views. So letting that be there can be such a connective quality. And, and instead of uh, pointing out your negatives, it, it will help you, or what you see as negatives, they may not necessarily be that, but what you see as them will help you learn to love yourself a little bit more and to appreciate yourself more. So um, when you're in that uh, sexually engaged relationship, it's vulnerable. You know, there's exposure. You're bringing previous experience in um, I think you have to listen to that. If there's not chemistry there, again, you not only owe it to you, you owe it to the other person to admit it. Um, and I think it's important to understand how the energy of a sexual relationship can change us. And this includes, you know, the one night stand, um, the uh, friends with benefit, although I just wonder how that works because when we are connected physically, our limbic brain gets involved. And the limbic system is a portion of the brain that deals with emotions, memories, um, arousal or stimulation. 
And it also creates a connection to anyone that you've had intimacy with. So that gets in there and it kind of messes with the, the whole system a little bit. That's why if you've had the experience of having that connection with someone and then you kind of get a little obsessed with them, um, hopefully not to the you know, fatal attraction level, but you just can't stop thinking about them. They're, your head won't stop. Well, that's because there's been an, a, a computer entry <laughs> into the limbic system and it's not only created a, a chemical response within you, there's an energy cord that gets created. So when you've had an intimate encounter with someone, there are cords, etheric cords, and the more that you've been with someone, the stronger these cords are, which is a good thing. Um, and, and yet it can also create um, confusion in the the rational thinking brain and I do believe that this is part of what can happen when someone is in a relationship that's not respectful or that is abusive I think we have to remember that there's not only a, a, a brain hooking in there's an energy hooking in and I've seen where once that once those cords are removed the ease that can come in somebody's space. And it's done energetically and it may also be done with some, um, you know, NLP or some tapping or some, definitely some uh, neuropathway work. So understanding that the energy blends that are there, it, it, it merges and then that creates a um, somewhat of a dependency on the other person and it's important to know that because then you can say to your head okay head <laughs> I know you think that I'm supposed to go get this person whack them over the head with the billy club drag them back to my cave and procreate but we are way past that um, so especially if you're dating in your 50s like that no way is there procreation necessary but the brain doesn't know that it thinks that this is necessary to keep the, the human species because even though we've evolved quite impressively with our technology and with our communicative uh, abilities and what we understand about the brain, it has not evolved. It still thinks we're in caves and that, you know, there's limited beings out there. That could explain the one now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe the caveman part of our the mammalian part of our brain is still in that space so you just have a little conversation with it and you say yes i know i had that connection with that person and i understand that this is a physiological emotional mental and now i understand that there's an energy connection to it so for instance if you're no longer with that person hopefully you were an adult and it was amicable um, or at least respectful. It doesn't always have to be amicable, but respectful. You can remove those cords yourself. I ask Archangel Michael to remove all cords quite often. And when I'm working with someone and I'm removing those cords, I'm also doing it at the soul level, but that's because of training. So, but you can absolutely remove your own cords and that might help in the overthinking part of it. 
So when you're combining your energies and your bodily fluids and everything, that's also clearing chakras. Um, that was the euphemism in our house, actually. Um, total overshare here, but uh, you know, when the kids were still home and stuff, we called it chakra clearing because that chakras were a word used in our house, and it's something that allowed the playfulness to be there. Um, and but it's true, like when you're sleeping with someone, when you're engaging in intimate, and even if you're doing. Um, you know, self-satisfaction and stuff, orgasm, clear chakras. So it's fantastic. Uh, it's a way to kind of leave the earth for a little bit. Um, and it also helps with headaches and stuff because the energy that gets built up in there, um, you can get a traffic jam and orgasm will help with that. So boy, you didn't think you were getting all this on an intuitive show, did you? But there is no subject off limits as long as I have a little bit of knowledge in it. Um, and working with people for 20 years, you, the relationship shows up in every aspect of work that I do. And I love it because I feel like the more that we are free with our understanding and we are, um, knowing of ourselves and we get the intuitive part of things, but we also get the physical part of things. Oh, it's just so much easier to be in relationship. So when you're clearing those chakras mutually, hopefully, um, you're also creating an energy blend and, and a connection there too. And it goes to the higher heart and it's on so many different levels. And this is why you want to be choosy. You want to be picky. I completely get the idea that you might just want to have an evening of fun. No judgment here. Just be safe. Be, be choosy. Because there's no way around it. If you've had an experience with someone, um, you have connected them in with your brain. And... While I do know that we can consciously release those people, if you didn't know about it, think about your partners in the past who are, might still be wandering around in your brain space. So when you're um, connected in this way, it can be the most beautiful, soul-expansive um, learning process. You know, maybe you are learning more about yourself so you're able to help your partner understand and I think we just have to take the stigma away from it and if somebody acts like a teenager when you're talking about it they might just be uncomfortable because maybe their partner before wasn't able to communicate either so be patient if you are the one who's able to have the conversations I'm so grateful to all of the people that I've worked with and I've learned about so many relationships because there's so many different aspects of them that it helps me to not be afraid of anything I might need to talk about with my partner or with my clients um, or with my kid, you know, it just, or grandchild, Whew, those, those conversations um, are fantastic. And let me tell you, you can have all the experience in the world and your stomach will still flip when having a conversation with your 14 year old grandchild. Um, but it's important for you to 
be willing to have the conversations. There's a woman, um, her name is Layla Martin, L-A-Y-L-A Martin. And I believe it's LaylaMartin.com. So I, she's, there is no subject off limits for her either. So you will want to visit her website with earphones in, in case you have little ears around you. Um, She's fun and she's really bringing about conscious conversation on dating, coupling, sexuality, um, fluidity, all, you name it, it's in there. Um, So self-pleasure. Uh, she's really helping people to understand their energetic connection with their physical self. So that might be a place for you to go if you want more information on this or to a therapist who specializes in this. And on that note, while I do believe that we don't have to have had, we can't possibly have all the experiences our clients have, I do think it's important if you are working with someone um, and you've got some relationship issues, I think it's important (laughs) to kind of interview the person you're working with, the professional you're working with, to find out, do they have any experience at all? Because there's nothing more frustrating than trying to talk out something with someone and just knowing they have no clue because that reflection of energy is important as well, right? When you being heard is one thing, but if someone can reflect that they understand and they have some tools, it just amplifies a little bit more. So uh, I'm not sure who needed to hear that uh, because that was not part of the planned podcast, but that just popped in and I'm happy to give the messages as they come in. So Understanding how another person's energy could affect yours is, you know, that's a whole different podcast, but it, it it's very important in an intimate relationship that you not only like the person's energy, but you invite that person's energy in because once there's intimacy, you've invited it in and you've given permission for it to merge with your energy field. And as much as I believe we, it's important for us to be independent, this is an area that we have to pay close attention to. So um, it may sound like a tagline or you know something to get you into a program, but you really do have to be your own best partner to attract one to you. You need to be brave, be willing to wait you know, be kind to yourself and to those you may be attracting. There's a lot to consider in dating and in commingling our lives. And I feel like a lot of the times this stuff isn't taken into consideration, but perhaps it's because you didn't know and now you do. So any other questions, please, you know, feel free to get a hold of me. And uh, thank you. Thank you for sending the message in, uh, listener. And I appreciate you showing up for this conversation. And I will see you next episode. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird.
and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickybaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.